Hello and welcome back to Meraki Unboxed, or if it is your first time, welcome along. It is so great to have you here. Uh, whether you are new or whether you're coming back again, Meraki Unboxed is run every couple of weeks and it's all about the technology and the people at Cisco Meraki based out of San Francisco, California. The weather here in September is still beautiful. It's the best month of the year weather-wise. And I always like to give a weather report on the webinars I do. <laughs> so why not do it on the podcast as well? Um, so I don't know when you're listening to this, but uh, I hope that the sun is shining wherever you are right now. We're going to talk about training and evangelism today. Uh, that is the, the primary focus, and we've got a couple of great folks in the team uh, to uh, in the room here to talk about that. Uh, so why don't you guys introduce yourself? Trish, take it away. Oh, thank you. Um, thanks for having us. So as Simon said, my my name is Trisha, and I think I think I probably represent um, quite a few Moroccans in saying that I do not come from an IT background. Um, I actually come from a public health background. I did Peace Corps in East Africa for three and a half years. You know, I first started Meraki. If you asked me what the cloud was, I, I only had one definition, which is, of course, the you one in the sky. Yeah. It is true. Um, you know, I think in my interview, I might have even pronounced Meraki wrong. I didn't know what Cisco was. So um, I come from, as many of us do, quite a quite a different background than IT, and now I've, I've found myself in the, in the cloud networking space. Um, and here on the training and evangelism team, um, I am one of um, several program managers. And so my, my goal is to um, lead the strategy um, and process and development for the training programs that we have to offer to all of you. All right. That's a really interesting background. I love hearing where people came from and how they <laughs> came to Meraki. Uh, Matt, what's your story? Yeah. Um, so on training and evangelism, I lead all the teams that are responsible for the technical training delivery, the development of all of the curriculum, the instructional design, the content, all of that. Um, and I think my background is, is pretty well suited to that. It's something I enjoy doing because prior to coming to Meraki, I, I led a lot of training programs at previous uh, technical organizations, uh, was in various technical roles, network engineering, right. se senior network <laughs> engineering. And before that, I was actually a public school music teacher. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I've been able to kind of you know combine my passion for teaching and education with my love of technology into this role. And I think it's it's a really exciting um, place to be at, at you know a company like this so it's really, really Do you know I, I think one of the things that we need to make a regular feature on the podcast is some kind of a resume <laughs> run through because it's fascinating <laughs> what you learn right we've got we've got Peace Corps here mm -hmm. and we've got music teacher mm -hmm. over here what what musical instruments are we talking about here? Um, so it was primarily instrumental and I play saxophone and piano we wow. have been trying for, I've been on the team for two and a half years, for two and a half years very ardently to get Matt to perform for us, to play one of the musical instruments or to, you know, kind of lead a performance. And we haven't, we haven't yet been successful, but I am hopeful. I Hold, keep holding out hope. Well, so I have an idea because you know what? And I'm sure the listeners will be super happy about this. Uh -oh. The podcast doesn't have a jingle. It Ooh. is so badly missing a jingle. Simon, and, uh, I will upvote that suggestion. Yeah, upvote the suggestion. So. <laughs> I will, I, will, I will consider it. I will, all right, I will look you, into heard, it. you heard it here, folks. It's now recorded and for posterity. <laughs> we'll be doing the jingle in all future podcasts. Great, live, every time. Cool. Um, so answers on a postcard, what you would like to hear by way of a jingle, any suggestions. Um, all right, so let's, let's get into the meat and bones of this uh, session. We want to talk about uh, training at Meraki. I think one of the first questions that comes to mind for me, I, I did a little bit of training with uh, or did some teaching myself at Meraki when I first joined. Um, with CMNA, the first the first training course, right? And so 
let's let's recap what the history is to bring us up to date and and answer the question also why do we actually need to train people when we spend all of our time banging the drum of simplicity at Meraki? Yeah, yeah, I think that's always an interesting question to your to your point Simon because we are putting out there this idea of simplicity and intuitiveness of the platform so therefore I should just be anyone should be able to do it. But I think what it comes back to especially in the very early days of Meraki was that people really didn't believe that. They mm -hmm. were so ingrained it was so ingrained in them this idea that uh, network technology had to be complex. It had to be, um, you know, through the command line. Right. And that was just something that they had been really used to. And when they heard that they could do the exact same things with just a few clicks in a web interface, I think that was something that was so foreign that they really couldn't even wrap their minds around it. Yep. Um, and so the goal initially of training at Meraki was really just to get the stuff in front of them, mm -hmm. get the hardware in front of them, get them in front of dashboard to make them believers that like, okay, I can do this deployment in such a simple and intuitive way. So it was more about building mindshare, I think, than building technical skills in the beginning. And that was the main thing, the main priority with CMNA was just to get them in the room with the Moroccan, with the hardware, um, so that they could really experience it firsthand. Yeah, and, and, and I, well I, said, I it totally resonates with me what you're <laughs> saying about the the gear and the command line interface. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I actually grew up through that myself and uh, did all that training course stuff and you know spent weeks and weeks in training mm. and was super pleased with my little certificate that I was able to hang <laughs> on the wall, all that cool stuff. Um, and so, you know, when I came to Meraki, it's suddenly very, very alien because mm -hmm. I hadn't been confronted with a, a proper working graphical user interface Probably. for networking gear. Yep. You could do like a few things on GUIs, but they were very rudimentary. And you usually ended up with a mix where you had some things you could do on GUI, but most things you needed on the command line. Yep. Mm -hmm. And so you do get very attached to what you know. As there's one thing I've noticed as a common thread for, for a lot of people in IT uh, is that we tend to be... Uh, conservative with a small C, so we're thinking in terms of you know how we can protect mm -hmm. and how we can keep things super stable. Yep. And then we get confronted with this completely alien graphical user interface, <laughs> and we've got to get people comfortable with that. Yeah, and I think that was a big piece of it, and part of the draw into it as well, because in the early days, um, you know, it wasn't just this immediate need for people to get into the training. Uh, CMNA, which was the first program, we called it sort of certified Meraki networking associate mm -hmm. to try to you know. Um, get it in people's minds that this was something that would certify them on Meraki and, you know, network engineers, they love certifications, right. CCNA and all of that. So I think that was also part of it. There, were, there was a lot of intent behind the name to get people into the training and mm -hmm. actually have them experience it. And it's a it's an in-person thing, right? It, it is. is. Yeah. Since since the beginning, it's been a live in-person thing because we think it's really important for a Moroccan to be in the room and build that connection mm -hmm. with the people that are in the room and build that rapport so that they can see that, okay, there is this very technical person that is bought into the solution. Maybe there is something here. Right. Mm. So what about the evolution of the program then? So it's it started <clears throat> out, as you say, with great, great intention, like we had this potentially skeptical audience that we had to try to convert. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I think I'm guessing over time that that's gotten a little bit easier. People have been yeah. more receptive and familiar with the with the GUI-based approach and the simplicity side of things. Yeah. Matt, I mean, feel free to add on this. Yeah. But I, one of the ways I think I like to think about it is, you know, Meraki also kind of started as a small organization, maybe mm -hmm. with one product line, has since expanded from there, you know, in terms of products, in terms of features, in terms of um, it's kind of global audience space, and I like to think of our team in the same way, kind of evolving to meet those evolving needs. Right. So, you know, we started with CMNA, but we recognized a need for 
um, more post-sales, customer-based training. Um, we found that people needed different types of advanced training, and so our team has kind of responded to those needs that mm -hmm. we've seen um, in Meraki's kind of evolving audience space and designed programs to really fit those needs. You know, and we've also, I think, kind of additionally recognized that um, our audiences uh, need to meet trainings in different ways. So in-person is is obviously an awesome yeah. way to mm -hmm. connect, um, to but be able to have a face-to-face. -face. Right, I was about but, to say. <laughs> but, you know, as, as Simon well knows, you know, toting a, you know, a gear set or two around to different countries, different um, different physical places, and trying to set that up for people can actually, be difficult. That's so. What I, so that's something which I remember. I'm so glad you said that it, <laughs> because literally around the office you can always find here at Meraki HQ Pelican cases stuffed to the gills with networking gear that's either coming or going yes. from uh, mm -hmm. from some training course somewhere yes. in the world. And uh, what I remember about this was, of course, we don't we're not quite rich enough to be able to have a company that unboxes everything and boxes it back up again for us. Perhaps we do now. But uh, when <laughs> I started, you had to do everything yourself. So mm -hmm. you've done four days of CMA training uh, back to back, and then you've got to put all the equipment <laughs> back into these Pelican cases again, and then figure out the shipping. Right. So, yeah, very physical. Well, and, and I think that's something really interesting, too, about how, how we've evolved. Um, because initially, we, we had a very specific focus, which was on channel partners. Um, getting partners, Meraki partners, uh, you know, confident in the solution mm -hmm. so they could go out and sell it. And that's actually how we started our team name when we started was channel enablement. It was not right. training and evangelism. Right. Um, and that was our specific focus and why we just started with CMNA, which was a pre-sales focused program, yeah. was because we wanted to enable the channel. We wanted to get these sellers confident that Meraki was a solution that they could position with confidence to mm -hmm. customers. Cool. So uh, I think that makes a lot of sense. And, and it, we'll talk a little bit about how the thing has evolved, I think, throughout this. There's mm -hmm. quite a lot to, to cover on here. Um, how do we support Meraki? What, what do you think of as your contribution to the Meraki family overall? Yeah. So I, I think that's something that's really captured in our mission, uh -huh. um, the mission of this department, which just like a lot of other departments within Meraki, we are really set up to drive, help drive market adoption. Mm -hmm. um, that's really our goal. You know, we're, we're not looking to make money off of these trainings. We don't charge for the trainings that we put out there. And so that, that is really our, our primary objective is to help Meraki drive market adoption. Now, many departments do that. And in the specific way that we contribute to that, which is, you know, in developing, promoting, and delivering scalable programs, mm -hmm. um, scalable being the key word, we are putting right. pro programs out there around the world. And we really want to build knowledge and create enthusiasm with the people that go through those training programs. So I think that's really the objective. Yeah, and and that, yeah. that is uh, so the scalability piece is is huge for for training. And and we talked about the efficiency and mm -hmm. how it's not <clears throat> not easy when you're doing it all yourself. We do have, right. I think, logistics companies that help with this yes, stuff. Yes, we do. Now, right? <laughs> Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Um, you mentioned the mission. Yeah. Did we actually say the mission? Did we say it out loud? Did I miss that? So so pretty much what I just said is the mission. If you want, I, I can state it directly, but it's Let's really it. the training and evangelism team drives market adoption of Meraki, or we help drive it. We do this by developing, promoting, and delivering scalable programs that build knowledge and create enthusiasm among participants. Love it. And so that that's I think that's such a nice way of couching it as well, because you're not just purely focused on the training of the technical product itself, yeah. but you're a little bit about the experience and, and helping people get enthusiastic about this stuff and how it can make a difference for their customers, uh, whoever they happen to be. Mm -hmm. So the team itself, I mean, presumably, I, well, what I remember of it was that there wasn't a team, first yeah. of all. And, and it was like very startup-y. You just kind of rolled your sleeves up and whoever was, you know, had a, an interest in that area or a capability in that area was probably going to end up doing a CMA at some point. Yep. But of course, now it's evolved into this 
machine, really, you guys <laughs> run, right? Yeah. So I, I can talk a little bit about that. The team is now about almost 40 people. Um, wow. And there are people based all over the world. Okay. Um, on, on my side of the team that I lead, I can talk a little bit about that. Uh, we have various teams that are responsible for various functions. We have the actual delivery team that's based worldwide, and they're the ones that actually go out there and deliver the trainings. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have a team that is responsible for all of the development of the training, so the curriculum development, instructional design, content creation, all that. Those are the, like, technical subject matter experts that are working right, on the content Right, because it's got to stay itself. fresh, right? Exactly. Yep. Um, I have team members that are responsible for the actual content management and the creation of things like e-learning templates and frameworks, because we're slowly getting into that. Mm-hmm. Um, an infrastructure team that has to manage all of this technical infrastructure that supports our trainings. That's uh, you know a really important piece of it. Mm-hmm. And then, Trish, I don't know if you want to talk about sure. the, the other side of the team. Sure. Yeah, I, I will say that you know, when I when I came on board, I think we were starting that evolution mm-hmm. of um, expanding the team globally and also into different roles. And it's really exciting to see because we it allows us, I think, as you know, for me as a program manager, for example, to really specialize in the place that I am. And our team has kind of grown into like a team of specialists yeah. focused on different elements of you know supporting this kind of massive, as you said, um, learning engagement engine. So mm. I am on the program side of the team, um, as I mentioned, as a program manager. But in addition to um, the folks like me who are doing kind of strategy and process-oriented things, we have a full team who helps support all of the coordination and logistics. So, you know, if you ever email in to one of our mailers or are looking to get in touch, it isn't it isn't a bot that's sitting there that's you it's know answering your question. There actually yeah. is yeah, there actually is. Um, a team of individuals behind that, making sure that the responses make sense and making sure that people um, have the information that they need. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to that, we have um, regional strategy associates, so folks who are um, intent on making sure that the work that we're doing aligns to the work that the rest of Meraki is doing and the rest of what our kind of regional audiences need. Wow. And, and, and so... And, I was going to say one, yeah. one other thing. I think there's there's a third side of the team yes. that is, is a little bit smaller <laughs> and a little bit more new. One of the things that you mentioned was the community side and right. uh, the Meraki community is uh, something that lives within training and evangelism as well. And we have two team members that are looking after right, that. Right, because its original intent was really to try to ca- take care of that community of people that have been through this experience. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and really engage with them on an ongoing basis. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, I, I don't know if um, Carolyn, who who heads our um, community team, is aware that you're doing a plug for her in every podcast. <laughs> she will be happy to hear that, that you are driving her marketing engine for new users. We're going to bring her onto the show at some <laughs> yeah. point, I'm yeah, sure definitely. of that. The question. Um, and you mentioned that we're doing this around the world. Uh, here's a spot question I didn't prepare you for Ooh. earlier. How many different languages are we delivering these training courses in at this point? Sure. In We are delivering in five languages. So we mm-hmm. have English, Portuguese, Spanish, Mandarin, and Japanese. Um, wow. And those are languages that we're delivering most of our programs in. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are currently in the process, especially with... Um, some of our video content, but also some of our other trainings, looking to deliver in in as many languages as possible. Right. So yeah, that's a, that's. A, I mean, that's really essential at the end of the day. Oh, and yeah. Absolutely. I, I, I guess I'm going to face that with the podcast at some point. But uh, <laughs> uh, it's it's either American English or British English. That's all you're going to get from me. Uh, so, more, more British English than American English. Something to aim for, right? Um, so, so okay, we talked about CMA and the the kind of pre-sales nature of that, but we also developed these other courses as yeah. well, which are focused a little bit more at the post-sale side of things. Mm-hmm. So, if a customer has 
uh, being through. And, and are these targeted at partners and customers as well? Well, so I think like... it depends on the program because we want the programs that we develop to be very useful for the audience as they go through them. So mm -hmm. some of them have specific focuses. CMNA, just as it was when it started, is still a pre-sales focused program. Right. So that is for Meraki partners, that is for Cisco, that the, the pre-sales audience that's really going to get a lot out of a training program that helps them better position and sell the product. Right. Mm -hmm. um, whereas for our, our post-sales programs, we can talk a little bit about ECMS. Um, that is whoa, really whoa, whoa, for whoa, whoa, whoa. anyone. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Acronym. Acronym. Acronym, go. acronym time. We're going we're gonna to have a little sound effect, I think, at some point. It's like the acronym <laughs> siren. When they, when they hear one, it's like, woot, woot. Ooh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, as Trish was mentioning a little bit before, um, you know, we got more into the post-sales type of training, and I think that was an evolution because as people started to get more convinced, okay, yeah, this is a this is a legitimate product. We mm -hmm. want to sell it and position it. It became more ubiquitous out in the industry. Um, people wanted to, you know, enhance their technical skill set around right. it. It wasn't anymore just about I need to just trust that it works. Now it's I'm putting it into these very complex deployments, mm -hmm. and I need to really understand the nuts and bolts of what's going on mm -hmm. here. And so we looked into developing a post-sales technical training track that, while we say post-sales, it's really for any anyone out there that wants to build their technical skills with Meraki, regardless of what position they're in. Right, so it is open to partners and... <clears throat> Open Re to regular network engineers, wherever yeah. they come from. And so the acronym that I mentioned, ECMS, that stands for <laughs> Engineering Cisco Meraki Solutions. Nice. And it's a two-part program. Um, there's ECMS-1 and there's ECMS-2. ECMS-1, as, as the name uh, suggests, is a more uh, foundational program. It's a virtual program that's run by Merakians. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a one-day training course that people can attend virtually. Whereas ECMS-2 is a much deeper dive into the Meraki platform, uh, and that is actually an in-person training um, that lasts three days. Uh, so we, we feel like with the complement of those, we really give a really uh, comprehensive full-stack training of Meraki for uh, people that want to enhance their technical skill sets. Mm -hmm. Right. And there's also, well, I don't know if we still, maybe, maybe it's being rebranded now, but we had something called Masters. Oh, yeah. As well. <clears throat> What's the story with Masters? So with Masters, that, that was a really high-touch engagement program for right. partners. Um, it was something where we wanted to look at partners out there and figure out how can we go the extra mile? How can we uh, engage with ma uh, partners even further? Mm -hmm. And that's where the Masters program comes in. Um, it's something that we still engage with that Masters community that we've built up uh, right. at this point. We haven't been running too many of them lately, just as we start to focus on some other priorities. But it's something that's it's a community that still lives and thrives um, and one that we engage with regularly. So, uh, you know, if someone's out there is interested in Masters, um, they can definitely reach out and we should have some more information coming soon around future master sessions that cool. we want to run. Mm -hmm. All right. So I also, I, yeah, I, sorry, go ahead. I, not to leave any programs out, but we, we also recently launched a new program. I don't know if you're aware of Meraki Fit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think I've seen the T-shirts. Yes, yes. That's, that's all I know about I will it say so of all of our programs, Meraki Fit has um, the best logo and design right. and T-shirts. There's a there's a full-on mascot for that program. So <laughs> Thank you, Helen Freem. <laughs> yeah, she's put a lot of work into that. She has, yep. yep mm -hmm. But that is, that is a program specifically focused on our sales audience, not necessarily technical. So yeah. open, again, to anyone. It is virtual. It gives people an opportunity to kind of understand um, what Meraki is about at kind of a foundational, again, level and right. um, help them understand ways that they can, you know, talk to customers about our products. And, you know, uh, and is that like an on-demand thing? Or? It yes. is on-demand. Oh, cool. Yep. Okay. And, and I think it's really interesting because it's a, really a first for us in two ways. Mm -hmm. One is it being on demand. It's, it really is our first on demand training course. But I think at the same time, it is the first course that isn't 
uh, specifically focusing on a technical audience. Right. Mm -hmm. CMNA, masters, ECMS all have a technical focus just mm -hmm. within pre-sales and post-sales, whereas Meraki Fit is much more that foundational pre-sales piece of it as opposed to a more technical lens. Got so it. it's really a first and it's really exciting. So we have quite a recipe there. Yeah. We have... <laughs> Quite a portfolio. Something yeah, for trees. everyone. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> okay. So um, what is, uh, as far as the evolution of this is concerned, obviously it's a, it sounds like it's continuously changing and evolving to take into consideration all these different constituencies we have. Mm -hmm. We're thinking about pre-sales, post-sales, whether you're partner or uh, an actual network deployer yourself, mm -hmm. whether you are in person or online, we've got yeah. it all covered at this point. That's the goal. Wow, that's, <laughs> that's already pretty impressive. Um, so, how do you think that this is really um, going to evolve over time, moving forward? Like, what are your aspirations? Yeah. as we move ahead from here. So, I think one of the big things that we've realized as Meraki has grown is, you know, one of our, our first guiding principles was that we wanted to have. Meraki Trainings instructor-led live. Mm -hmm. That was something that was always really important mm -hmm. to us, and I'll talk a little bit about that around the evangelism piece. But I think that was always a, a very big tenet. But what we found, not no surprise, is that that's not a very scalable method of delivering training because right. it requires a live person in the room. There's travel, there's logistics, there's all of these different pieces. Mm -hmm. And our goal is really to get Meraki training out there to as many people as as you know uh, that want as it. Um, so we have found that we need to start looking at more scalable methods of training delivery in addition to the Meraki-led versions. Okay. Um, and that's, you know, I think Meraki Fit is a really great starting example of that, of on-demand training. And that's something we want to continue to move forward with, um, both on the on-demand side, but as well as engaging with learning partners. Um, okay. Because Cisco has a really great relationship with a lot of learning partners out there. And that's uh, a really, really easy way for us to get this training out there to a much mm -hmm. wider audience than we would ever be able to serve. Right. So this presumably means lots of development of the p and packaging. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so, so my teams are working very hard on that at the moment. Yeah. And, and actually, to that point, I mean, how do you ensure? Because I think one of the things that was always very important to us with uh, with these courses was the feel, mm -hmm. you sure. know, the, the convey that kind of Meraki feel and the, the cultural uh, side of things a little bit. Um, obviously, learning partners, third parties we're talking about here, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, how are you going to kind of package that up? What, are you, what have you got in mind there? Yeah, so I think from, from the learning partner side, we, we feel pretty comfortable because, I mean, learning partners are in the business of delivering these trainings. That, right. that is their core right. foundational business. It's something that they're very, very good at. And these relationships have been ones that Cisco has been building for a very long time with them. And mm -hmm. we, thankfully, are able to leverage those relationships and mm -hmm. not, we don't have to kind of start from scratch with it. But ultimately, yes, we want to continue putting in the best trainings out there. And even though learning partners are going to be delivering these trainings on our behalf, we still have a lot of control over the content mm -hmm. and how those trainings get delivered and, and working with them to make sure that they're ca carrying over the things that really make our programs great. And then with the e-learning, you know, we're developing that in-house as okay. well. So it's something that we can ensure quality on in right. addition to that. You know, I think it's also helpful when we when we think about moving over to learning partners that mm -hmm. we, we acknowledge that we have been running these trainings now for a couple of years. Yeah. So we they have been through our testing and just you know by the nature of having delivered them live so i i think as we're thinking about um trying to enable learning partners to lead them and making sure that they're successful we have we have quite a track record of having to test out and work through all of these kinks as well so yeah. right. we're we're making sure that they're i guess as well positioned as they can be yeah, yeah. And, and learning partners, I think, um, I mean, obviously the scaling is huge for them. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think also it's it's a nice way of getting a little bit of extra eyeballs on Meraki as well, mm -hmm. because quite often if you're if you are a, an IT person, you might actually start with 
those learning partners there. Yeah, Some of them are absolutely. pretty well-known yeah. brands in their own right. Well, and, mm-hmm. and I think that's something that's really important for Meraki as an organization and something we carry through to this department is we're part of Cisco, and mm-hmm. we want to be seen as part of Cisco. Yeah. Um, you know, I think for a long time we kind of existed a little outside of Cisco, and, you know, training and evangelism is a department that's very uh, visible to the outside or to the mm-hmm. outside world and we want to make sure that what we're putting out there is in line with what Cisco is putting out there so in leveraging learning partners and working with learning at Cisco and providing great quality e-learning that's something that um, audiences have come to expect from training at Cisco mm-hmm. and we want to make sure that we're doing that still in the best Meraki way possible mm-hmm. but you know working with Cisco not against them so mm-hmm. that people can engage with Cisco in a way that they are very familiar with Actually, that's that's quite interesting and and something I hadn't thought of before, which is the the Cisco angle. Of course, Cisco has been has made a huge industry out yeah. of uh, out of training and certification, uh, and you can see that if you go to any of the Cisco Live events, they literally oh, yeah. have a bookshop <laughs> there, <laughs> yeah, and, and like hundreds and their of their own library. Of, apparently, they're in library books. Yeah, um, and there are some very well known training courses. Mm-hmm. In there, mm-hmm. uh, CCNA, of course, we've all heard of, and all of the various <laughs> Everyone's heard tracks of CCNA. There. So. I, I'm sure that we we don't want to miss out there as well. Like, how do we get ourselves involved? Like, what do we do with those existing training courses to work sort of work Meraki in there? You want to talk a little bit about like st- like standard course and how we're working with sure. them on that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, as you kind of mentioned, Cisco has made an industry out of training programs, and I think um, to that note, they've also developed a pretty clear pathway for. Um, other organizations within Cisco to also create content that they, that can then be part of this um, learning portfolio. Mm-hmm. And so over the last year, that's something that um, I've really looked to participate in and be active in. So we have um, worked very closely in partnership with them to follow that process of making sure that our content is in line with the way that Cisco would um, deliver content, making sure that all of the behind-the-scenes um, manuals and guides and other things like that are in place. Right. Um, so we've, we've really just partnered with them and worked within their overall process mm-hmm. um, that they've established. And it's, it's I think, because of that, been um, pretty smoothly possible for us to, to us to launch with them as well, cool. to partner with them. And actually, you made me think as well of uh, when, when we were at uh, Cisco Live in San Diego not mm-hmm. so long ago now, mm-hmm. uh, Cisco announced this kind of slight pivoting of their training mm-hmm. more towards the sort of API and developer focus mm-hmm. uh, for their for their training course. I think that's huge. It's, it really represents a pretty seismic change for the network administrator industry, moving away from these bespoke command lines to more mm-hmm. integrated solutions yeah, it's an exciting space. It really is, and uh, and so I'm sure because we're of course a big part of that. We did a <laughs> podcast with uh, with Tony a little while ago talking about the APIs, which I know was very popular. Um, so maybe let's talk about that a little bit, like how are we bringing in uh, the ways in which Meraki is evolving over time. Yeah, so I think a- API is a really big piece of that, and <clears throat> I think it's something that we both want to take a look at with our training programs to make mm-hmm. sure that we're staying relevant yep. there. Um, and finding compelling ways to fit that into our training programs mm-hmm. because I think APIs are something similar to learning a, a new command line a little mm-hmm. bit sometimes, and people have to get used to that right, idea. Coding, and so exactly programming language. Some people love it, but also some people are you know a little averse to it. And mm-hmm. so I think we have to find meaningful ways to insert that that get people um, introduced to the concept as opposed to just like making them dive headlong into right. it. But at right. the same time. Um, you know, Cisco just launched or they, they announced a, a new DevNet certification track yep. specifically around that whole programmability piece. And 
Meraki is going to be a piece of that, and there's mm-hmm. going to be Meraki included in those. So when people think of programmability and developing uh, at, Mer- at Cisco, you know, I think Meraki also should be front and center there. So we're thinking about it from both angles. How do we insert ourselves into the Cisco story, but also then how do we bring what Meraki is doing into the training programs that we're running to keep it top of mind for the people that are going through them? Nice. Yeah, and I, I do think it's – when I look at that and what's happening in that space, I think mm-hmm. really this is the future yes. very much. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're talking increasingly about automation and using machine learning and, yep. and so on. Uh, so in other words, we're taking the things that are, were challenging before we're making them easier over time. I, you know, I don't come from the content side of the team, but I do think that one of the really exciting things about being able to develop our trainings in-house and within our team is that we, you know, we have marketing who sits just over there. We have engineering who's just a floor away. And so we mm-hmm. get to collaborate very closely with them on yeah. making sure that our trainings remain relevant. And, you know, I just came out of a meeting with um, with the team that's working on some of the language around APIs and ecosystems and being able to directly kind of take that, insert that into our trainings to make sure that um, we're moving forward, um, making sure that our partners and customers are getting kind of the latest and greatest as we're nice. evolving is, is, yeah, it's an exciting place to be, Very I think, in that so. sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really good point, actually. I hadn't really thought about that. It's like, how do you keep current? You've got to be really Well, it's sitting. helpful when you can walk right up to the person. I know, exactly. and <laughs> yep. Yep. We are so lucky with that. So. That's a huge part of... I can't tell you how many times I've walked up to Simon for things. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and, and tell the truth, I mean, that, that's actually the main reason that I moved over here from the UK was because that, that ability to work that closely yeah. with all the other teams that you that you want to interface yeah. with, it just makes such a huge difference. I know I Matt and I sit four seats away, so anytime. I <laughs> 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 as, I, you, as you know as well. <laughs> but I, I think to that end too, something that we always try to consider and be mindful of is that the way that things work here in San Francisco is not the way they work yeah, everywhere absolutely. else. Right. And as part of being a very large team that's distributed globally and running trainings that are st- distributed globally, we've tried to take a very regional approach to how we deliver our trainings. Mm-hmm. That's why we have strategy associates, content developers, trainers based in region. So, so that decentralized. They can, exactly. Mm-hmm. So they can bring okay. that regional perspective that's really important for the participants that are going through the trainings as, as opposed to just sending everyone out from San Francisco who really right. doesn't have that perspective. That's something that's still really important to us. Great point. Definitely. Okay. So let's see. Um, if folks who are listening to the show uh, want to reach out and they're interested in learning more mm-hmm. about the training courses, yeah. I'm gonna. I'm imagining that you've got like this whole long list of options that of <laughs> pathways that they can take. Um, maybe just walk us through where somebody would start to figure out which course is appropriate for them. Sure. Uh, and and where to go. I think the best, really the starting point is the community, and that's where we host um, both information and access to registrations for all of our programs. So if anyone is interested, uh, the best starting place is community.meraki.com forward slash learning hub. And all of our programs are listed there. Mm -hmm. Um, You can find everything that you need. And for some of our Meraki partners, um, we do, of course, keep our Meraki partner portal up to date. So they could always just go directly there and and find the information they need. Yep. Yep. Right, and, and actually, we, we that's, shorten that list into two tight URLs. Yeah, I love that. That's so nice. I mean, it's it's not always like that with tech companies. Yeah, <laughs> often all well, these I mean, point solutions. We're about simplicity, right? We're that's about right. simplicity. Nailed it. <laughs> Good job. All right, so uh, I, I think really we've done a great job of summarizing everything that we're doing in uh, in training evangelism at Meraki. I think uh, it's it sounds like an exciting journey to be on, and it is fun as well. I think one of the things I remember enjoying with this is seeing people's eyes light up as mm-hmm. they start to realize oh it was i thought this was going to be really hard and Mm -hmm. i was able to just click three times and i did did whatever i wanted to do all right so thank you um very much guys thanks for coming in yeah 
Do, sure, thanks for having me. Definitely appreciate it. And, you know, as you heard there, community.meraki.com, not only do I repeat it on every single <laughs> podcast just to make this team happy, um, but but clearly this is the jump off point as well if you want to uh, really go further and sort of see how you can develop your own skills and mm-hmm. maybe get up, get one of those certificates for your own. Well, do we have certificates? Oh, that's a very good oh, question. Oh, no, I put you on the <laughs> You've spot. You've opened up a whole other can of worms. <laughs> Um, we got swag, right? We have swag. <laughs> we, we, we definitely do have yeah. swag. And, mm-hmm. and I think that this idea of certification and Meraki certification is one that we're looking very closely at, and mm-hmm. as well as with our partnership at Learning at Cisco. Obviously, Cisco has, has been the gold standard in yeah. certifications with yeah. CCNA, like you mentioned. And so just as with our training courses, we are trying to figure out the best way to integrate into that as opposed to reinventing the wheel. Like, why do that? So, right. um, you know, if you go to the Learning Hub, you can get some information about our current plans and development around Meraki certifications. Um, and it's something that we're we're taking a very close look at in the in the coming you know months in the coming year. Perfect. And of course, as we've got lots of people listening, they can send in their feedback. You know, of what course. would they like? Of Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm creating so much trouble here. Uh, <laughs> while we're while we're on record, they're all very well behaved in the room here. But I don't know what's going to happen when I press stop. So <laughs> who knows at that point? Okay. So thanks a lot um, for for coming in once again, and thank you all for joining us on Meraki Unboxed. As I said, we do this every couple of weeks. And uh, we love to just share what we're doing here at Meraki. And we do also, this is super important to me personally, I really want to hear your feedback about how we can build build on this podcast and create great content for you to uh, listen to and engage on. I have no idea where you're listening to this. Maybe you're commuting in the car. This is what I'm picturing. Or maybe you're a healthy person and you're out running and you've got an iPod stuck on your arm or something, whatever it is. Uh, we're super happy to have you uh, listening to the, the podcast. So thank you again very much. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. And until then, have a fantastic time doing your networking stuff. <laughs> we'll be back soon. Bye for now. Bye. Bye.